0: Up here, calling up Craig. Good gear, mate. (laughs) All righty. That's right, exactly. All right, let me just pray for you. Heavenly Father, thanks for Craig. Thank you for the story of Jesus' love in his life. And uh, Lord, I just pray that it be blessing and encouragement for Craig this morning as he shares with us all about Jesus and who Jesus is to him. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
1: Thanks, Craig. Well, good morning. My name's Craig. Uh, I'm going to talk a bit about how I met Jesus. Uh, In 1983, when I was nine years old, I said yes to Jesus at a scripture union camp in Scarborough. I said I'd follow Jesus and do what he told me. And one way I followed Jesus was by giving 10% of what I received in income uh, to, to God every time I got paid. Now, I don't remember giving 10% of my pocket money from my dad to God, but uh, I do remember that at 16 I received OS study payments, and so I'd give uh, 10% in of the offering plate at church. And I remember, you know, I think back in back then I got about $70 a fortnight, so I'd uh, I'd give, you know, work out there's $7, and I'd put in $7 in the offering plate as, each time it went round. Well, from such small beginnings, God has been faithful to me. Um, Uh, He kept his promise. It's in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. I'll just read it out. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Now that's just uh, the only time that I'm aware of in the Bible where God says, test me. Uh, You know, he says, don't put me to the test in other areas such as his love, but with, uh, you know, giving to the Lord, put me to the test. To God's credit, not once have I run out of money, even when I didn't receive an income for three years while I was studying at Bible college. Plus, in the years when I have received an income, God has enabled me to save money year after year. But he doesn't do it because I deserve his favor, because I'm so good and righteous. Well, I'm a sinner. I I, Frequently, I wish I didn't, but I frequently go the wrong way. But he does it because he's a good God who keeps his word. It's about God's faithfulness. He has promised to all of us that when we give to him cheerfully and gratefully, then he will pour his blessing on us. God has promised to meet our needs. When I turned 21, I finished uni and the OST study payments ceased uh, and I moved out of home and worked as a geologist in central Queensland. I, I felt very lonely because I was a thousand kilometres away from my family and friends and I was uh, living on my own in this small room, in a small house. Um, I handled my pain of loneliness by deliberately disobeying Jesus' command to his followers to love others. I have did this for two years. I felt so depressed. When I prayed to God, it felt like my prayers were bouncing off the ceiling and God wasn't listening. I was emotionally starving from lack of living in a truthful relationship with God and truthful relationship with others. But by God's favor to me, that season passed and in 1997, I started doing again what God taught in the Bible. The next year, when I was 24, I moved to Melbourne and began studying in Bible college for four years. But I was so wracked with guilt and shame because of when I disobeyed God for a couple of years. And so I remember one night in my Bible college room, I was on my hands and knees and I was crying out to God, God, I don't even know if I'm saved. I've deliberately disobeyed you for two years. Please save me. And to my disappointment, Nothing happened. Nothing changed. I didn't feel a great flood of joy. I, I felt just the same. I got off my knees from my Bible college floor and, uh, and I just you know went to bed, went to sleep. But the next night when I was studying again, I had a revelation. I remembered how at the Franklin Dam in Tasmania, this is back in the early 1980s, the environmentalists chained themselves to the trees to stop the loggers from cutting down the trees. What Jesus had done for me in dying on the cross and rising from the dead was like Jesus saying to the loggers, don't cut, don't cut down the forest, save the trees, cut me down instead. I felt as helpless as a tree to save myself. I couldn't run away or fight off the loggers. I was powerless. But it doesn't matter what I can or can't do for myself. It matters what Jesus has already done for me. When Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, he took all my sin and shame onto him. And he died because of my sin. But then God raised Jesus from the dead. In the same way that God raised Jesus from the dead, he will raise me from the dead to be with Jesus. I felt so happy that I ran to the main common room at Bible College and I was calling out, I'm saved, I'm saved, Jesus has saved me. And the funny thing was I was a student leader at the time, so here's this leader, he's finally found salvation. (laughs) My sin and shame has been forgiven and pardoned. (laughs) Getting back to the tree analogy, a tree doesn't just stand there and do Nothing. Trees breathe in carbon dioxide, and they breathe out oxygen. Trees change the atmosphere around them. And this is what Jesus has saved me to do. It's what Jesus has saved us to do, to change the atmosphere around us. Jesus told us what to do. In Matthew 9, verses 35 to 38, it records Jesus' doing and saying this, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send out more workers into his fields. So this is what it is about. Announce the good news about the kingdom. That, that is, announce that God rules and reigns in the world. Both now and especially when Jesus comes back to earth. Heal every kind of disease and illness using God's power and ask God to send more workers into his harvest fields. When I was praying a couple of weeks ago, I saw a sword that was red hot, glowing in the coals. Swords have to be tempered by fire so they're strong enough to be used in battle to you know, take off all the blows. I sense that the vineyard church is that sword in my vision. And then I saw that the sword had cooled to room temperature and was being used by the king to knight someone. So the king touched the person with the sword on the right shoulder and then on the left shoulder. I believe the sword is being used to commission people into serving the king. I believe this vineyard church is going to be used by Jesus to commission many more workers into the harvest field of God. So let's get ready. We will be used both in our local area, among family, friends, workmates, but we will also be used internationally. People will come through this vineyard church who go out into the world and touch other nations in Jesus' name. Let's ask God to work through us, to change the atmosphere around us. More workers, Lord. Please send out more workers into your harvest field.
0: Cup of tea. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Wow, there's a bit of prophetic stuff flowing there at the end. We're going to pick up on that in a minute. Um, now, here she comes. I'm just going to invite uh, Winnie Ching to come on up and share with us a little bit about her story. It looks like Seraphine is going to come too. <laughs>
2: thank you. Okay share a story? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, how's everybody? It's been very quiet. You guys scared me. <laughs> Just relax, you know? Well, this morning... Well, yesterday I was at a cafe and had a massage, feeling really good and did a little bit of notes when I'm going to speak and this morning I found out... My husband chuck it, and he thought it's a rubbish. <laughs> Cause I wrote it on the you know like muffin break paper, and I'm like, did you throw that away? so yeah, I thought it's a garbage. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> it's all good. I know I'm gonna share, so I don't have a paper, so I just share from here. Okay, today it's about. Um, I'm just gonna share about my um, testimony a little bit, where I came from. And well, I um, I'm from Taiwan, and I'm um, 36. It's not a secret. I don't mind sharing. And I came to Australia in 2003 as a tourist, and but I didn't didn't know the Lord. And but since um, I think it was two thousand and nine, and I came to a very desperate place where I was uh, separated from my ex partner and you know as a as a single person and come here and i didn 't know anything I thought oh Australia is beautiful and it 's so uh, relaxing and and then I told my mom, Mom, I'm coming to Australia and just to visit. But I end up staying here. I didn't want to go back. Hello. Jerry, Jerry, where are you? <laughs> and do you wanna get her? I think she wants to come to you. Okay. Yeah? <laughs> Oh, don't cry, please. Yeah, so came here as a tourist and then I, I actually wanted to find a, a, a new place to just to run away from home. The reason behind is because um, I came from a very uh, dysfunctional home where my dad was a drug addict and he died 10 years ago as in the age of fifty, he died very young, and he because of his his lifestyle is you know in and out of the jail, and sometimes you know the police will rock up in, the, in my home and rescue him, arrest him, and it was very like the whole, whole his whole life it's horrible, it's really bad, and he ended up dying from um, overdosed drugs, Halloween. and he was actually was still shooting and when he died on this a uh, very um, narrow street so that sounds really bad, so he definitely has impacting my life like from a very young age, and I remember when I was a child, I would just you know my grandparents took me to visit him in different jail and and that sort of and from as as a young young kid I couldn't handle it because it's just full of it's just too much emotionally it's too much and my mom um, so left home when i was 3 and they got divorced and so and my grandparents raised me up and but that my home was so chaotic what I mean by that is that it will be a, a place that's um, gambling. I don't know if you know Mahjong. People will come to my house and, and just gamble. And that's how they, they make for a living because people will pay money to, to gamble. And, and it's, just, so it's just a place that where you just don't want to go home. I want to leave home. I want to at a young age, maybe in grade 3 or 4, I'm like, "You know what? I just one day, if I can leave home, I'm going to leave and I'll never come back." That was that was that, that was my mindset when I was a kid. And that sounds really bad. And so that's the reason why it drew me to Australia. So I came here as a, as a tourist and I got nothing. I don't have any money. I uh, tried to make some, have a three part-time job. I tried to earn money to survive in this country, you know. And But anyway, at, in the deep, deep down, I wanted to, I thought that would be awesome if I just go overseas and marry a guy that wasn't wasn't Jerry, you know. And I was trying to figure out um, why was... The, it must be a way out, must a way must be an access to to my future and i'm I know i I can survive because that you know the hardest time I already had already experienced, so nothing can really I think I will be fine so so I end up staying here and just partying or you know just having fun in this country and then well with the relationship didn't end up the way I wanted to. Because, see, when there is a deeper longing for love and that will, there's nothing can fill that place. But in 2009, I get to that very desperate place. I really need, at the time I thought, I was just crying all the time, you know, separated and just feel such a, a desperation and I, I wanted to... I just feel so lost. I don't know. What's my purpose here? What am I going to go? Am I going to Taiwan or stay here? What am I going to do with my life? So one of my friends, um, my boss actually he used to teach Chinese in the language school. And then she, she invite, tried to invite me to go to the church, but I didn't go. And then one day she said, oh, i just give you the address. And one, if you need to go, you just go. And then one day I just find I just need something higher to to take me out of that like deeper like a pit almost if you can describe and ah, amazing God is so amazing I love Jesus because he is so real and he's not like a God that is up there he loves me he loves everybody he he, I remember the first encounter I had with him as um, it was at a, a camp. So I was a new Christian. I didn't know what was, you know, what was everything about, and I don't know even don't know the the English in the Bible. I have no idea, no idea, because English is my second language. I have no idea. But so, so I went to the church, and so I went to this camp, and then. The pastor just said, oh, Winnie, I just feel like I want to pray for you that you will forgive, you know, uh, your dad or your uncle who abused you. And I said, yeah, sure. I was so open. I was totally like, God, do whatever you want to do. I just want to get out of this place. If anything that you will help me, I will take it. And and the Bible says that the new, um, the old life has gone, the new has come. And I didn't like the person I was. I hate that person. Because that person is full of shame, full of pain, full of unforgiveness. And just, it's just so horrible. It's just feeling like, it was, like, even I can, like, dress up pretty. But inside of me, I feel like there's, there's a, that's just rotten and just ugly. And I, and... If God can give me a new life, I want to try. It doesn't matter. I just try. I want to try to see what does that look like for me to to become a new person. So I begin to come to this journey and to to follow Jesus. Come to church and and then the pastor, that p- pastor, pray for me, and I just I cry like a baby, like literally, like just like pooling crying, because I just feel this my arms with like electric, electric just go up and down. And I was just so undone. I can't describe, I've never felt this kind of peace in my life for so long. And for like, that's what I want. You know, I don't want to be, I said to God, I don't want to be rich. I just want to be, I just want to have peace. I want to have a peace. I want to, I want to be happy. And that's the only thing I ask for. But, I cannot get it. Never, never. The family, my parents, my family, they cannot give me that answer. There's no answer. Jesus is the only answer. Yeah. So as I said that, when I said um, this new person I've become, like, it's, it wasn't easy, you know, like 2009, so now it's just seven years. But now when I look at the mirror and look at myself, I could say like, I am loved by the Lord. And the Lord told me, I have always been loving you. I have loved you with the everlasting love. You have a great future. Do not look at the past. Go forward. Look at your future. You have a great future. So I love the life I'm having right now. I have, I have a new family. I have a husband. I have Serafina. And I love... The person I become, I'm more confident. That confidence is not boasting, but I'm confident in the Lord. I am more, I'm happier. (laughs) I'm joyful. And I am not abandoned. And there's no one in this world who will give you what Jesus can give us. In this world, there's nothing can define you. Your family cannot define your job. Anything, nothing, money cannot define you. That Jesus will define you, and we are His children. And I just, you know, you can feel that there's like that excitement in me that I have a new song to sing. That is Jesus. Jesus is our hope. And I if you ask me actually well when um, before we actually were in a different church and I'm so glad I'm so happy to be in this place because I feel there's a place that is a genuine love because sometimes you can you know you can love people with your own agenda. You might say, I love you and I care for you. Would you like to do this? I'm so glad. I'm thankful to be in this place because there's a love here. And that's genuine. There's no manipulation. And I love that. We need a place that we we need to become. We want to become who God designed us to be. And I'm so glad. And I love how the leadership, they lead us because I, I just... I'm just embracing that humility and working as a team in this church. If, if you ask me what does that look like to love and follow Jesus, for me, love is the key. I love the mission statements in this church. You love God and you love people. How simple is that? How come sometimes a Christian can be so complicated? You have to, you follow Jesus, or you have to go to this, you know, life track, or you go and do listen, and you, it's just like a plan of this you have to do. But what about we love Jesus and then we love people and Jesus will flow from us and we're living like Jesus. I'm not saying that we are perfect, but we are, we are on the process of becoming more like Jesus. Loving Jesus is not as hard as I thought. I thought, wow, loving like being a Christian, you have to suffer a lot. That means you love the Lord. And I was like, and then not more than that, you have to do a lot of religious activities. You have to go to that prayer meeting, you have to do this, serving kids' ministry, or do this, or do that. But, I'm glad. I'm glad that where we are right now here is not the. It's different to other churches. I don't know about other churches, but I know I found home, and it's here. Loving Jesus means love a person in front of you. It's not complicated. Love your wife love your kids. That does not mean you won't get cranky at them. You do. They always, husband always get the knots, you know, you get into it. You're like, ah, he's annoying me. But it's okay. Remember to say sorry. To say sorry. We're not perfect. We're not perfect, right? Sometimes I wish, I thought, oh, you know, my husband is a pastor. He should be perfect. He's so gentle, so kind. <laughs> but it wasn't, it's not true, you know. We are human. We love Jesus, and we, and He, and we are not perfect. That we should say, Jesus is only perfect person, but we'll become more like Him. And choosing to love Jesus is good. Sometimes people said, you know, you being a Christian is like you're so hard and you're just very serious, you know, very serious, you know, and all that do not, you know, don't, don't dance, no, don't dancing. No, just behave the way you are. No, we set free from that. Jesus set us free. We are free to become who he created us to be. It is wonderful. It is so wonderful. Is that 10 minutes? I'm done.
0: thanks Winnie <laughs> That was great. I like the way you landed that that was great hey uh this this morning um there's just a couple of things that um I'd like us to pick up on um, after listening to Craig and to Winnie um, firstly let's just let's just pray and invite the spirit just to Settle some of the things that God's been talking to us about while these guys have been sharing their Jesus stories. Holy Spirit, would you uh, just come come now and um, just accentuate the conversation that the Father's having with each of our hearts right now, like turn the light up on that a little bit more, I pray, Holy Spirit, for each person here. Thank you, God. I thank you, God, that this morning Jesus is becoming larger in us and capturing our attentions and our affections again. Jesus, you're a wonderful saviour and king, and we thank you that you, Jesus, um, came, took on flesh and lived our life. Dying on the cross, rising again, so that now, Lord Jesus, we might be able to exchange our life with you for your life. And that we too might become a people who can live beyond the powers of death, both now and into the age to come. Thank you that there's resurrection life just flowing into every single person here today the life of Jesus. And even in this um, still moment right now, we pray, Lord, that there would be lives that just come alive to Jesus today. People that are here, people that we love that aren't here, people that we know and work with, people that we serve every week through the through the ministry of mercy people who come to our homes for kinship groups more lord we want we want to see you jesus be more in all of their lives the students that we teach during the week at schools more lord We want to see Jesus made famous, even as he has become famous to us here at the vineyard. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. We love you. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a a couple of things here that I want to pick up on um, that I thought would be really cool. Maybe if Craig and um, Winnie might like to come and help us um, pray. But I felt like when you were sharing, Craig, um, actually, um, I just made a few notes to myself as I was listening to you. But just that whole sense of there was a few things like... um, there was three things that stood out to me as I listened to your Jesus story. The first was this, that you had a moment where you realised, like, I've been saved, you know, like, there was, you'd you'd sort of been through this process, but then there was this moment of, like, authentic revelation, I guess you could call it, that happened. And, um, And I was just, as I listened to that, I was like, that was so refreshing to hear that um, Jesus became very personal to you in that moment and and your response was to want to go and run, run into the common room and tell others. And I'm just like, that's such a great fruit of when Jesus comes alive to someone. The first thing you want to do is just go and tell someone else. I remember when Nick, I, you know, I, I, I introduced Nicole to Jesus and, um, that night I dropped her off at her place, and we, you know, I led her to the Lord in the driveway of her parents' house. And then first thing I did was I drove home. Then I just jumped all over the beds of everyone in my house. It was sound asleep, and I just said, "Hey, you got to know, Jesus." Just Nick just accepted Jesus. There was this, yeah. There's this fruit of wanting to tell, and and I th- I think there was something that the Holy Spirit was doing in that when you were sharing that this morning that there's an invitation for people to come back into another experience of that kind of fruit. I just want to tell people about Jesus. So I'm going to ask if you might come and pray for people that want to engage in that again. Um, the other one was um, the picture of being like a sword. You saw this church as being like a sword in the fire and being tempered and being shaped by God um, and and that he took the sword out of the fire, and it's it's obviously been made strong. And then the then the Lord was or the, a king was like commissioning people to go and follow him into the just the harvest field of life. Um, you know, as you were sharing that, I got a few text messages. I'm just sitting here like this, and my phone starts beeping, and it's people in this room, and they're buzzing me saying the Holy Spirit's really hitting me as Craig's talking. And <laughs> so I'm like, oh, good, it's not just me. <laughs> so I think there might be some people here this morning that are feeling like even, you know, as we prayed for Philip and Mendina and Jen, it's like there's this commissioning to follow Jesus out into the world. Um, so we, we'll, we'll pray for people like that for that this morning. Um, and... Um, There's some beautiful things, I loved what you said this morning, Winnie, um, about just a heart that's desperate to needed to know it was love and that Jesus um, came and filled you. And and then I, I wrote this statement down, I think I caught it, you wrote, Jesus said to you, I've always loved you and you have a great future. Don't look back, keep moving forward. Just as you said that, I felt like that was dropping on a lot of hearts this morning. I've always loved you. And it was like people going, that's so good to know. And I felt like maybe it would be great to pray for people this morning who just really want to know God has always loved them. And to um, follow him into a great future. That were the other two words. Now, um, so finally, I also this morning would like us if we could pray for those who are unwell, doesn't matter what their condition is. Jesus in Matthew, Matthew 4, not long after he began calling disciples to follow him, says he went through Galilee teaching in their synagogues, and I love this, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. And they said news spread about him all over Syria. And people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demonized, those having seizures, and the paralyzed. And he healed them. And large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, which is like the ten cities, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed Jesus. And I just feel like this morning, there's, when, when you read that scripture, it's like Jesus like heals a lot of things, a wide scope of health issues. And he wants to do that this morning. He wants to heal people with whatever your scope of health condition is. Jesus wants to bring his kingdom to you this morning. So... Why don't, Craig and Winnie, why don't you guys come on up here with me and um, I'm just going to invite folk who, um, just as Craig was sharing, why don't, and, and with regards to being you know, sent again out into the harvest fields of life, come on up here, mate. Um, why, don't, why don't you guys come and stand up here and, and we're going to pray for you. And those, God's always loved you. I've always loved you. And you needed, you really needed to know that this morning. Why don't you come on up? Yeah, don't don't be backward, Nicholas. Just come on up. Just come on up. Just come on up. And if you have health issues, just come on up and we're going to pray. We're going to pray this morning. All Come on up. Cool. Just come on up. Just come and sort of stand along the front. And these guys are just going to start praying for you guys while you're there. it that's it that's it just being sent knowing that God loves you just feel free to start praying for him Winnie thank you God for your kingdom in this place thank you Jesus that you are such an amazing savior you're a risen resurrected king full of life and health and and healing for your people And I just ask for your kingdom to come this morning with increased power, with increased authority. And I thank you, Lord, that you're calling hearts again to want to tell people about Jesus, to want to send them back out into the fields of life with the good news of your kingdom. Come, Holy Spirit.